0: Thank you. Little Joe Exotic to start off the episode because coming in this week is the Tiger King himself, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Welcome in everybody to another episode of On a Couch in Delco. I'm Tom with it. With me as always, my co-host Mike. Yeah, what's up, everybody out there? I hope everybody's still
1: still feeling up about this uh, football season, but it, it's kind of hard right now, Tom.
0: Well, we're going to put the first two games behind us. Let, let's, you know, as Bill Belichick says, we're we're on to Cincinnati, right? We're putting yeah. the two games behind us. They were certainly both ugly, but we're focused this week on Cincinnati. Hopefully, the Eagles can turn the ship around. Start 0-2. Uh, I believe the not all was lost. It was the 2003 NFC the Eagles that went to the NFC Championship that year. Started 0-2. Still made it to the NFC Championship game, so anything can happen. But, Mike, the way we've seen this team play the last couple weeks, maybe uh, it's going to be a little bit tougher. But we do want to talk about Cincinnati. And starting off, uh, what we want to do, let's talk about what's a topic that's big across the NFL and injuries for this week's game.
1: Okay. Um, Just as far as the injuries go for this practice – All right, thank you, Andy Reid. I will take uh, my time now, as you will say. Time's yours, so time is now mine. Thank you. I think I might have to take five breaks during this. Uh, I might have to go get another beer and maybe go to the bathroom after I read all of these injuries. I'll go from the bottom up because the bottom's the good news. Last week, I feel like I started off with the bad news. So we'll start with the good news this week. So we have the likes of Jason Peters, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Malik Jackson, Deshaun Jackson, and Corey Clement. Uh, they were all full um, participants in practice today. Corey Clement coming off of that, uh, I think he had to get tested for COVID. I think yesterday he was listed as out for illness. I think we can kind of just surmise that that's probably a COVID test or just waiting for that to come back. But everybody else was, uh, was nice uh, full participants, nice to see everybody out there, especially Lane Johnson, um, even though it didn't help us much last week. But, you know, we're moving on. We said we're moving on. We're uh, moving
0: on, and, and we got a lot of players ready to go this week, Mike.
1: Yeah, but we also what have could, a lot of players. Could
0: be, what could be the bad news?
1: <laughs> There's a lot of bad news, but I'm going to start with even better news, um, especially with the news that came down yesterday with Jalen Rager. We'll, 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 touch on that in a couple seconds, but Alshon Jeffrey is back in practice, everybody and looking pretty decent. He's not going to play this week. I don't think there's any shot in hell that he plays this week. Um, if he does, I will be absolutely floored, uh, but I think he needs a whole nother week of practice, but it's great to see him back out there. Um, it's been almost, almost a full year, I guess. In a couple of weeks, it would have been almost a full year since his, uh, his foot injury. So, Thank God he's back in in practice, especially with Jalen Rager now going down for probably four to six weeks. Um, I, I think they're saying three to five, but it's probably going to be like more more like four to six um, with that UCL tear in his thumb. He did have surgery yesterday, um, so that's never a good thing, especially with wide receivers. Because I mean, the the thing with wide receivers, they kind of need their hands to catch. I mean, that's just kind of how it works in 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 the world. If you're a wide receiver, you catch balls and you use your hands. So if that UCL um, isn't healed and it's not healing properly, he might be out longer. But here's hoping he makes another miraculous recovery like he did with, uh, what was it, a groin or a hamstring during practice? Uh, during um, whatever they're calling it, summer summer camp, whatever frig it was, uh, with this whole COVID thing going on. And he was supposed to miss like the first three weeks of the season and somehow played week one. So hopefully he comes back and comes back pretty quickly. Uh, the other two uh, do not did not practice were Fletcher Cox. Now, uh, it's, a, it's an abdomen injury, which means it's probably in the realms of a uh, sports hernia. So that's uh, that's not good, not good news at all.
0: No, that, um, is, that is a tough one. That is a tough one. Yeah,
1: that, I said when he made that tackle last week, um, I forget who the hell he was tackling. It Was one of the, obviously one of the running backs. I think it might have been Malcolm Brown, but he just kind of reached out with with both arms. But it, it looked like his whole body went as soon as he uh, as soon as he went to go make the tackle. I I, I said to myself then, I'm like, ah, that this isn't going to be good. He's either going to be out for for the rest of the game, but he wasn't. I don't even think he missed a play um but but now we I, i'm starting to fear that it's a sports hernia and that's tough to play through so we shall see how that goes and then really and, and,
0: and he definitely didn't have the grace of games against the rams either so i, I nope, but know but he was better him.
1: than aaron donald
0: aaron donald of course uh one of the things they uh kept him off the sack sheet uh last can't
1: game. get a sack against the eagles it's, it's 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 uncanny, it really is, especially with the way every all the other defensive lines play against the Eagles. the best defensive lineman in football can't get a sack.
0: I guess they uh, rise to the challenge, but yeah, I agree. Fletcher Cox, if he's not able to go on Sunday, I, I have kind of my list of, you know, I think the big keys for this game, and and the defensive line plays into that. So that'll be a, uh, a tough yeah. one to overcome. Luckily, they have some depth there. That is the. Uh, probably to the defense, but it'll still be a uh, a tough one to overcome for the game.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Rudy Ford, he's he was also a, did not practice today with his groin injury. I think it was reported early under week that he's out probably two to three weeks. Uh, I, I don't think he has any shot in playing this week. Uh, he's probably already listed as out. Um, he's our special teams ace, um, but that that's not all, folks. That that's not all of the injuries. We also had some injuries. Um that, that came down during the game and that was uh Isaac Sayamalu. He is probably out for uh he says he's gonna be able to come back. I have my doubts. It sounds like it's some kind of ligament tear. They really haven't just they haven't said anything. I'm thinking it's probably like an MCL tear or something like that. Um so that that's a huge loss on that offensive line. Um, I mean, I love Jack uh
0: Jack Driscoll, right? Not Jeff. It's Jack. I do this Jeff, every week. I do Jeff, this every week. Jeff is now starting for the Denver Broncos, by the way.
1: He is. He just came back. Yeah. I seen somebody pick him up on the waiver wires on a best ball league that we're in. Uh, but yeah, Jack Driscoll is is actually he seems to be a diamond in the rough for what was he, a sixth round or a fifth round pick uh this this past year? Um, he seems to be uh, someone who we might see in an Eagles uniform and on that offensive line for uh, years to come.
0: Well, especially if they keep going down the way that they are, and and uh, Driscoll keeps finding a way to get back into the. I played lineup. in
1: college. I mean, in, not college. I played in high school. That was fourteen
0: years ago. <laughs> All Catholic baby, let's do it. <laughs> I gotta what, tell you, what's that? What, what's that one video? I can play two years varsity, yeah, Two years varsity
1: baby, go birds. <laughs> That's exactly what we're gonna be like. We're gonna—they're gonna have to call us in, uh, like, uh, like invincible with friggin' Tony Luke Jr. down there. L E S. We're all gonna be in line. Oh, it's gonna be terrible. All the fat guys, all the all the guys who who can sort of kind of play will be out there uh, vying for a position on the offensive line. But
0: just had to have a quick first step.
1: Yeah, quick first step. You got you got to have you got to got quick hands. And make sure you don't hold. You you'll be all right. It'll be you'll be good to go. Am I missing any other injuries? I feel like I'm missing like 16 other
0: injuries that happened, but
1: I I can't I can't all off the top of my head. I I'm, I'm just sick and tired of injuries, Tom.
0: Yeah, and it's something that's affected, obviously, the Eagles. And then when we talk a little bit about fantasy later on, I mean, all around the NFL, uh, injuries seem to be the uh, big topic. But as they say in football, next man up. So I think the Eagles are coming into Sunday's game against the Bengals. It's definitely a must win at this point, especially if you look at the three teams that they have coming after this. Uh, they're playing. I, I don't. I don't recall the exact order, but I believe it's San Fran, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh uh, in, in some order make up the next three games. No, you're shaking your head. No. Oh, blessing himself. I'm trying to watch them when I'm blessing. I'm or, blessing myself.
1: I'm just shaking my head to the thought of those those teams and having to play them. We we could really easily be uh, we could be zero and seven, but <laughs> you know, over the next yeah. five
0: weeks, this is not good. The good news is I think Sam Fran's been bitten by the injury bug a lot more than, you know, most teams, especially the Eagles. So maybe that game is maybe, maybe a slight bit easier, uh, especially coming at the time that it is. Is that, that is the next game, right? Next Thursday night they play. Sam if my Fran.
1: ESPN app would load, I, I,
0: I would I would be happy to tell you who the Eagles play next. Right. But well, not not to look ahead. we have It the is Bengals the 49ers. We have the Bengals this week. Mike, what's your take on the game? What do the Eagles need to do in order to pull out this victory?
1: Stop Joe Mixon and Joe Exotic. I mean, he still is a rookie quarterback, and I, I know he is. He did put up thirty points last week against the the uh, Browns, but they are the Browns. I don't care how how many good players they have. Um, but you know what? He's looking pretty decent. He's he's taking off. He looks uh, he looks pretty uh, pretty confident back there. So. So every year we go into to the year top, and they tell me this defensive line is a freaking juggernaut. Like they they're gonna have the most sacks in the NFL, and it can't even get a pressure. Like it, nothing's happening for this defensive line. Um, last week was a little better, and they still gave up thirty eight points or thirty seven points, whatever the hell they they gave up last week. That's that's my key to the game: is this defensive line needs to get pressure. He, They need to blitz. They need to do something. Schwartz needs to do something. He can't come out again on a Tuesday and tell me, oh, I had a bad game plan. Well, no kidding. Everybody knows you had a bad game plan. You got to friggin' adjust during the game. Don't just stick with that bad game plan and see what happens. Throw it against a wall and hope it sticks. If it's a bad game plan, change it. Blitz, line stunts, friggin' something to get pressure in Joe Burrow's face. That's what they need to do in this game, and if they do that, I I don't know. Maybe they come out with a win, but maybe Carson Wentz is the worst quarterback in the league, and and that doesn't matter. So,
0: all right. Well, let's let's keep it on the defense right now. We'll we'll talk about Wentz, but I I agree. I think the one thing that was a little bit concerning with the Rams game is normally this defense, even when they're not getting the pressure, they're pretty stout against the run, and I don't know if that's uh, Brandon Graham. Uh, you know I I think Schwartz came out and said he you know the game plan he specifically had for this week kind of didn't play to Brandon Graham's strengths. he is normally stout against the run and we saw uh, the Rams who didn't have an impressive backfield right I think they were just down to Daryl Henderson with Cam Akers going out early in the game Daryl Henderson ran all over uh, this defensive line so you think about this week you mentioned Joe Mixon Joe Mixon is a worry but I I don't see the Bengals offensive line being as good as the Rams. So I do think this is an opportunity for this uh, Eagles defensive line. They got to eat this week. They got to eat this week. They got to be able to uh, get after the quarterback, be tough against the run, and really show why they are, I think, the highest position, highest paid position uh, group on the team. And we've invested so many resources in this defensive line I agree with you. The defensive line does need to step up. I'll give it next one. I think for me, the next one taking that one step back uh, on, on the defense right behind the defensive line are the linebackers. They were absolutely a train wreck against the Rams. And I think that when you look at Joe Burrow so far, he isn't he isn't challenging the corners much. Uh, he, he's throwing a lot of stuff in the middle of the field kind of in that 5 to to 15 yard range he's targeting the uh, tight ends that is prime coverage area for these linebackers I think we need to see a better game out of these linebackers not to mention Joe Burrow can take off and run so if that defense is collapsing and they are getting pressure if Burrow's able to escape the pocket and get outside and these linebackers need to step up and then make sure that they're making the plays uh, to, either, to contain Joe Burrow. He's not Russell Wilson, at least not yet, but I mean, he can, he can make some plays with his feet, and that's something we need to be mindful of. He did do a pretty decent job on that Bengals defense, especially on third and fourth down, because they had to account for the fact that Burrow uh, can take off. So Eagles linebackers, in addition to the D-line, just need to step up this game.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know my thoughts on Nate Gary. I, I I wanted to fire him into the sun after the first uh, what was it, the the first big play, the first I think it was the first touchdown, right? Uh, might not have been a touchdown, but it was it was his guy on like three of the touchdowns. It, it was it was Higby Higby Higby, um, all day, and I feel like I'm gonna hear Yuzuma Yuzuma Yuzuma, all day. Um, well, is so- Yuzuma out. Is he out? I hope he's out. I know he got
0: I, he got injured I, against the Browns, so I'm not sure if he's out, but you know, I can't tell you who their backup is. Uh Sample. So, but he started the target Sample right after Izuma went out against the Browns. I'll
1: DJ Yuzuma has a torn Achilles, so yeah, he's done.
0: Yeah, he he's not playing. But uh <laughs> But uh, I think it's Drew Sample maybe for the
1: uh, it, it could be it could be anybody's yeah, he, sample.
0: Drew Sample is the backup tight end, but uh, Burrow had some pretty good uh, success throwing a sample against the Browns. And the Browns have a fairly decent linebacking core on that defense. So uh, definitely something to be worried about uh, in this game. Linebackers, D-line, I, I think that's where uh, this game is going to be, it's going to come down to on the defense.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't really want to see Nate Gary out there at all. Um I don't know who else they can put out there, but
0: I That's mean, the thing, they have nobody else. They have a bunch right. of unproven guys. Davion Taylor's the third round pick, but he's not ready.
1: Yeah, no, he's, Sean, he's Sean, not. Bradley, Sean Bradley. Sean Bradley.
0: I did say in our draft episode, I do think that Sean Bradley will end up starting for this team by the end of the year. I
1: He might start this week.
0: He, he very well could or at least get significantly more uh playing time, but Nate Gary, Nate Gary is one of those Jim Schwartz guys that you know. I'm sure his his, when his daughter's not wearing a Barnett jersey, he's wearing a Nate uh, Gary jersey uh, to the games.
1: Yeah, well, I hope, uh, and not that I I love to see the Eagles do well. I love to see him right the ship. But if they can't, he he is the guy that's gone in my eyes. He's been here for four years. Talking about Schwartz, Um, he's going to be the change they make because it just seems that, like you said, he just plays his guys and. Jalen Mills is still out there, and I, I think he's god awful as a safety too. I, I just he just wants to play these guys, and he refuses to play other players. And uh, I'd rather see Kavon Wallace back there. I'd rather see Sean Bradley out there. I'd rather see Josh Sweat out there more, um, but it just doesn't seem to happen. And these players who I think have higher ceilings or are better at this point in their careers just. Just don't see the field. Um, Rasul Douglas, I mean, he, he's not hes not setting any records on fire down there in Carolina now, but I think he, he might have done better at safety than Jalen Mills. Um, but it just seems to be Schwartz just likes his guys and they're out there no matter what, and he's going to stick with them through thick and thin and all those stupid, uh, uh cliches that everybody puts out there but uh, at some point it has to give and somebody else has to get out there and play and I think we see it this week if Sean Bradley doesn't start he will definitely be out there on obvious passing downs um and maybe he just shows his worth and he's out there for uh for all three downs like I think he should be that's 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 my hope for this game at least we get to see see more Sean Bradley more Kavon Wallace out there um, I mean, Davion Taylor is probably not even going to dress again. But if if he's out there, I would like to see more of him too because he, he's he's supposed to be uh, uh, the next uh, Dion Jones because he's he's fast and athletic and long. But we have yet to see that.
0: Still raw, and I only think played maybe you know five games. Mm-hmm. I think it's more than that, but you know, definitely a, it's still a a raw prospect. Uh, but Yeah, you could be right. I think uh, Jim Schwartz could definitely end up being the – maybe scapegoat is the wrong word because I I definitely think a a firing would be warranted if this team doesn't turn it around, Uh, especially with the way – I mean, the defense hasn't helped this team the last two weeks either. Uh, You had – granted, you want to say something about the short field that you had with the Redskins, and yes – I think the average starting position for the Redskins was like their uh, Eagles 45 or something like that. So, yes, a lot of short fields, but they still didn't hold the Redskins to field goals and still gave up too many touchdowns. And then there was – I mean, they had a few drives where they held the Rams to low scoring, but they still gave up. 38 points, I think, was the final tally uh, against that Rams team. And, you know, yeah, Sean McVay, offensive genius, whatever. That's not a Rams team that you should be giving up 38 points to. you know, and just the you know and Higby's the one that that scored. Thirty
1: seven, right? so, Tom. Thirty seven thirty seven. We're, we're giving them too much credit. <laughs> I said 30, thirty-eight too. It's 37. Thirty seven. Thirty
0: seven. Still yeah. uh, you know, too many points to that to that team. Um, so yeah, defense hasn't looked great. I mean even in the Super Bowl, I mean they gave up close to six hundred yards in the Super Bowl. I mean, we can go all the way back and, hey, still taking it. Uh, you know, we'll forever be uh Super Bowl fifty-two chance, but that was a lot of yards that they gave up uh, to that Patriots team as well. So uh, there, there's a lot that you can say about uh, Jim Schwartz. That you know, yeah, if they don't turn it around, he could be the one. Uh, that's part of their organizational change that they uh, they seem to be big on doing every couple of years.
1: Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. But uh, I just killed a cricket down here. That's why I had to, to go off the screen. But I don't know where it went. So I hit it with a pillow, and now it's gone. It's just vanished into thin air. So I'm waiting for it to, like, jump off the wall and, like, hit me in the head halfway through this podcast. It's going to be awesome. I
0: can't wait. It's going off to, to die a <laughs> honorable slow death. All right. Enough on the defense. What's your thoughts on the offense for this week's Mike? Jesus,
1: God. I don't even know where to start with them. They they just look so out of sorts. They look like, Ertz looks like he has no idea where he's going. That trade I made, I thought I was a damn genius. It turns out I was a fool. Um, at least for last week. We'll see what happens this week. But I, I just I just don't understand. I I forget who who the Eagles were playing. It was last year and the year before, and Doug Peterson was yucking it up with a coach and. He ended his, his conversation. The conversation was all about Carson Wentz. He ended this conversation with, well, as long as we don't screw him up, we got a great one on our hands. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I think they screwed him up. I, I, I just, I haven't seen any type of growth. Uh, I just, I just feel like this coaching staff has failed a player who should have been way better at this point in his career than he is. Um, now, I'm not going to put 100% of the blame on the coaching staff. The player does have a lot to do with his progression and, and, and learning and all that fun stuff that, that a player has to do. But ever since Frank Reich left, I, I feel like Carson Wentz has just become a shell of what Carson Wentz should be. And and it's – it's I I don't want to – I don't want to jump ship on the guy, but but I think I already have. I, I, I just think this coaching staff it, it has has put him to a place where he may be beyond repair. Um, he just seems to be making the same mistakes, even though he knows he's making those mistakes, seems to be the same ones over and over again. Although last week he didn't take a sack, but he might have took a sack late in, late on in the game when I just stopped paying attention and started watching Red Zone on my phone. Um, but he seemed to to get the ball out a little quicker, but but he still threw two picks. He, he's he still can't hit guys in stride. He's still throwing the ball ninety feet over people's heads, and it, it's just it's just not a good look for Carson. It's not a good look for the coaching staff. And, and I mean, maybe, maybe I don't even know if you want to talk me off the ledge at this point, but I think I'm at least one leg on to the Jalen Hurts handbagging. Tom handbagging? I don't think that's the word. What's a, what,
0: what's a what's a <laughs> wham bagging? Uh, I, I would only say maybe I'll talk you off the ledge a little bit. It it has been two games, and I think you're right. I think there is this circumstance where you're saying he hasn't grown, and I think the troubling thing, at least for this year, is he kind of went into that somewhere that 2017 Carson Wentz is, is in there somewhere. Um, you, you could say it's Frank Wright. I but you figure ended that 17 injured, didn't have a great training camp for 18, ended the 18 season uh, heading into 19, started to show some signs at the end of last season. We thought this year he was going to come in with, you know, a full training camp and I get COVID and everything like that. But um, you know, for all intents and purposes, he had a full off season to, to work out and do everything. There's a lot of stuff coming out right now about, he's doing more calls at the line of scrimmage and he's calling his own plays and he's really not going by the coaches play calls. I actually thought a few years ago, that's when Carson was his most effective uh, when he kind of was able to see what was at the line and be able to call uh, an audible. I I thought that sometimes I questioned Doug Peterson's uh, play calling and I kind of look forward to Carson being able to call, you know, call out of those plays so I don't know kind of why we're not seeing the same results this year I do think it's a little bit of you know you mentioned coaching Uh, the fact now that kind of Press Taylor is the kind of pseudo offensive coordinator and him and Carson Wentz are best buddies I do think by the way Press Taylor is facing off Zach Taylor is the head coach of the Bengals so brother against brother I guess on the offensive side of the ball so that's uh, something interesting for. Did we get
1: the wrong brother
0: again? Well, the Bengals are all uh, the Bengals are zero <laughs> two as well. So,
1: well, uh, I mean, they also have a. You know what, Tom? I'm going to let you finish your point because I have something to throw throw past.
0: All right, but you know, so I think there's a dynamic there where you know, maybe a, a firmer, you know, a kind of more of a a tougher coach would be a better uh situation for Carson where it's not the player's coach it's not the uh player friendly coach and somebody more of a kind of a that has a firm hand with Carson almost like a Jim Schwartz but on the the offensive side of the ball I mean Jim Schwartz kind of is more of a firm kind of not a player's coach necessarily unless you're his guys of course but um I think that's part of the problem that we're seeing with Carson Wentz. There's just no accountability. It's almost like he is viewed as the starter. He'll always be the starter. He's kind of embedded. If you want to be honest, I mean, he hasn't won anything, right? Nick Nick Foles Super Bowl. Uh, I get it. He's the one that got them there. But it was no small feat to actually win in the playoffs. Uh, So I think that's part of the problem. I'm not ready to jump ship yet. It's been two games. We have seen teams. We have seen quarterbacks start slow two games. Let's see how he responds. This should be a Bengals team that – the Eagles team that we thought coming into this season should be able to beat up this team pretty uh, pretty well. But the stats are the st- stats. And if, and if you look at – you know, if you use by any statistical measure, QBR, passer rating – he has a lot more bad-to-average games than he does very good games. So that is something that I think we need to be uh, mindful of. But for me, for this game, I think he just needs to work within himself, right? Work within the offense. Let, you know, more running of the plays that are given to you. Not take, you don't need to take the chances, especially with Rager now being out. I don't know if d is the same player that he was the last couple of years and what we expected coming into this year. So you really have two weak spots at wide receiver. Utilize the tight ends. Utilize the tight ends or the running backs in the passing game. And then I think the other key on the offensive side of the ball for this game, this is going to be a Miles Sanders game, in my opinion. Tight ends and Miles Sanders, I think, are going to be the keys to the offense here. The Cincinnati Bengals have given up 370 rushing yards in two games. That is almost 200 yards per game. For just the start of this season. This will be, Miles Sanders needs to eat as well as this game. I think it's going to be Miles Sanders, and I think it's going to be Carson Wentz finding the tight ends, and when we start to talk, when we wrap this segment up and we start to talk about the bets, I have something that goes along with, with some, of those, uh, some of those elements for the game. So, Mike, you wanted to throw something at me. What do you got?
1: Yeah, so you, you kind of set it up um, pretty well. You're talking about Carson Wentz. Maybe he needs, like, a stronger head coach. He needs he needs that Jim Schwartz, but on the offensive side of the ball. Um, back in 2005, this quarterback had 3,576 yards passing, 24 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. QPR was 89.2. It was pretty damn good numbers, right? I mean, that's that's not bad. That's pretty good quarterback play, especially for that time. Um, and, and and some of you people may you may get those numbers right off the top of your head if you're numbers junkies out there, um, but but that's a Hall of Fame quarterback that I'm talking about right there, playing for his first team and the L.A. Char- well back then they were the San Diego Chargers um, now the L.A. Chargers I find it funny that on his stat sheet they changed it to the L.A. Chargers I think it still should have been the San Diego Chargers but that's uh no none other than uh, Drew Brees. Drew Brees had a pretty decent start to his career, kind of iffy in the beginning parts with with the Chargers, um, throwing for more touchdowns or more interceptions than touchdowns in in his his third year. His second year, he he played a full year. He had 17 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. Um, Then he had a really barn buster of a year in 2004. Um, He had just over uh, 3,000 passing yards. But he threw for 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions and had a quarterback rating of 104.8. That's pretty damn close to what Carson Wentz did in 2017, is it not? It is. Uh, I'm pretty sure Carson was 27-7 and seven or something close to that. So it's pretty close numbers, right? Well, my, my thing is I feel like Carson Wentz could really benefit with a change like Drew Brees had I I know his change may have it may have been forced he probably didn't want to sign with the Chargers like get all that he went to New Orleans with a brand new head coach an offensive genius and Sean Payton yep and I feel like that's going to be Carson Wentz when he goes to the to the uh, Indianapolis Colts next year oh and, and reunites with Frank Reich, offensive, in my mind, an offensive genius and the offensive mastermind that 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 gave the Eagles the, the Super Bowl win. Now, I, I like Doug and all that stuff, but I think Frank Reich had a lot to do with that. I just have a very sick feeling that Carson Wentz is going to go somewhere and go somewhere with a coach that he may know, in Frank Reich um, take over for for Philip Rivers and and be the uh, the starting quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts and be there for the next uh, 14, 15, 16 years and win two Super Bowls. Uh,
0: that would certainly hurt. I know, and, and this is to give credit to Frank Reich for everything that he did for that Super Bowl year. He hasn't as impressed me as much as the head coach uh, with his, I guess it's, this his second or third
1: season with the Colts. So this is this is his second season with the with the uh, with the Colts. Um, he has never played with Andrew Luck, so he's never really had. I mean, Brissett was all right last year. Yeah. Philip Rivers is what Philip Rivers is. He's at the end of his career. This might actually be the last year of his career out there in in Indy. Um, I just feel like he doesn't have the quarterback, and I feel like Carson Wentz can be that quarterback out there now. It's not like Carson Wentz is just going to walk in free agency and go over there. He has a pretty hefty contract. It's going to have to be a pretty crazy trade to even tempt the Eagles into doing this. I don't even know if the Eagles would, but I I just feel like something like that is going to happen with Carson Wentz. and I'd rather him win those three Super Bowls here, but I don't know. Maybe they try a coaching change. Um, before they, they move on from Carson Wentz. But I feel like Jeffrey Lurie is more inclined to keep Doug Peterson than he is Carson Wentz.
0: Uh, very well could be, especially maybe there was more to the Jalen Hurts uh, draft pick than everybody was initially thinking when they were just trying to be a quarterback factory. I don't know. I, I think it's too early for me um, to – cut bait on Carson Wentz as of yet let's see how the the season progresses he is coming off a season where he threw 4,000 yards without a wide receiver that uh was a thousand yard receiver so uh, pretty impressive accomplishment in and of itself just last year
1: just remember too in 2004 I mean the Chargers didn't draft Phillip Rivers. They drafted Eli Manning and then traded them to the Giants for Phillip Rivers. Yeah. They were also a first-round pick. I mean, I know Jalen Hurts was a second-round pick, but
0: you yeah. know what? Breeze was coming off a significant injury, too. and and
1: Yeah, his knee. They, I, I know that. They,
0: they, they didn't know how he was going to bounce. And I thought there was a shoulder injury, too, with Breeze. Might have been time. a shoulder, yeah. So, uh, it was so I, I thought there was concern that he wasn't necessarily going to Bounce back, and I know he initially tried to sign with the the Dolphins, and their medical staff failed yeah. him. So, I one well, little little of it's a different the situation. <laughs> a bit. Yeah, maybe if Lance <laughs> ends up this season injured, yeah, you could be seeing something like that happen where uh, they're trying to entertain a trade. I definitely think that would hurt his value if he ends the season injured. So, I don't really sure. Yeah, I don't hope he ends up injured. Also, maybe not the, uh, the year to do it, uh, but. Anything can happen. The Eagles are definitely uh, the one organization that is not uh, afraid, you know, has no, been known to surprise us with some of their moves, and that could be another one that uh, could be down the path. I'm not ready. I think Mike Mike has one leg and three toes onto, the, onto the Hertz wham bagging. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm still team Wentz for the time being. I, I, I want to give him a couple more games. Who knows? We, we could be sitting here in a few weeks. And the Eagles are four and two after going on a four-game tear against three of the best teams in the league. And then we're all my, you know, we're saying Carson Wentz is back. You never know.
1: I hope so. I hope so, Tom. I really do. But that being said, Tom, are we ready to make our picks for Sunday? I'm ready. All right. Well, I'll start off with my picks.
0: So keep in mind, just to recap, the Eagles were a a six-and-a-half-point favorite against this Bengals team. That number has gotten bet down so far at this point, down to four-and-a-half. Yeah. Four-and-a-half points. So some Bengals action uh, on this uh, game so far. Mike, what's your picks?
1: You know what? I'm going Eagles. I'm going Eagles money line. I'm not touching four and a half. I just hope they win by a point. So <laughs> I'm going Eagles money line. I'm going Eagles win
0: 21-20. All right. I like the score. I'm with you. I don't know what to react on this line. I would have If you would have told me at the beginning of the season, I would have said I'll gladly take that six and a half points. You just don't know what you're really going to get with this team. And until they show me, I thought they were going to show me against the Rams team and they did it. I do think the Eagles win. I do like that money line bet. Uh, I'm staying away from the spread here. I think it could end up being closer when crazy stat. I don't think the Eagles have beaten the Cincinnati Bengals since like the year 2000 or something like that. Uh, the they got, I remember the they,
1: last time I seen them play at the lake, it was Monday night and they got their asses whooped. <laughs> so. you
0: know, obviously they had the infamous tie in 2008 where Donovan McNabb didn't know games can end in a tie. So for yeah. some reason, uh, the Bengals have one of their best winning percentages against this Eagles team. I, I, one of those things that'll, that'll baffle you. I do think the Eagles pull out this game. They get the win. From a player prop standpoint, if you want to bet something like that, I talked about the tight ends earlier. I'd be looking to see what the receiving yards are for Dallas Goddard in this game. Now, the Cincinnati Bengals are ranked 20th against tight ends uh, in terms of receiving yards. So, I would be looking, you know, obviously the same kind of logic applies for Ertz. So, but-
1: Ertz last week was 46 and a half. And I think Goddard was like 39-and-a-half or 36-and-a-half. So you probably see similar numbers this week.
0: I think you're going to see similar numbers in that 36 range. I'd be looking to bet the over on Goddard. Ertz is always going to get the higher number because he's deemed as the tight end one than Dallas Goddard is the tight end two in this offense. But what we've seen these first couple weeks is it is pretty much a 50-50 in terms of uh, targets to both of them at this point. So I'd be looking for Ertz to uh, go over on his uh, receiving yards. And then I may sprinkle – I talked about the rushing game. I may sprinkle a little bit of a Miles any anytime touchdowns in this game as well.
1: You know what I'm going to look for, Tom? So I'm with you with the two tight ends going over, especially because – No. Yeah, 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 whatever I'm trying to say, whatever word it is. It's too late. It's 10 o'clock. I've been talking since 7 o'clock this morning. I'm going to go with the over on both of the tight ends, but I'm also going to look for what John Hightower's number is as well. Um, He's probably going to be the guy that takes over regular snaps. So whatever his over number is, probably going to be low it's probably going to be like in the in the 20s or 30s it's probably not going to be high because i don't he might have one target this year um but he can get that over number in one foul swoop with a 70 yard touchdown Tom, so.
0: all they need is one connection with him down deep you're right
1: yeah i i i think that would be a pretty good play because the overs probably I, I well with with the numbers not being out, the, the over might not be as heavily favored as it probably would have been with Rager in the lineup, but it's still probably going to be in the plus 200, plus 300, somewhere in between those na- names, in between those two numbers. Um, but I, I can see that number um, definitely being over. It's probably going to be – I'm going to give it like um, 24.5 yards because I just don't think he's uh, – I, I think he might have seen the ball once. Um, I think – think, was, he, was he the one that it was uh, targeted on Carson Wentz interception, the second interception in the Washington game? I think he was.
0: He was the second one, yep.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I, I can see it being pretty low, but I can also see it being in the 40s because they know Jalen Rakers out. So, that number's really going to be dependent on how high
0: or how low it is for me. Yep, there you go. Now, Mike, I'm not saying this is the line, but what if it was? If you had the over/under on Jay jaw reception set at a half a reception, what are you taking? Under. Under. Uh, talk about another waste of a pick. And so you know hard.
1: what? I'll give I'll give his I'll give his targets on Sunday, over under one and a half.
0: Yeah, that's that's a tough one. That's, that's, Isn't that bad for a first is, round
1: pick? Watching DK Metcalf, Met yep, yep. the second round pick, DK Metcalf is friggin' jumping 19 feet in the air, catching balls with both hands and his feet. I, I, I we got Jay Jall, You don't even know how to run a route. I, I don't get it. Like I just don't get the talent evaluation on this team. I, I wish I could find real quick the the, the soundbite of of um, Howie Roseman just absolutely slobbering over this guy once they took him uh, two years ago. But Jesus, God, it's this. That this might be one of the biggest busts of a pick that they've ever had.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, and even say, if you go back and watch the film, they say that the, on that intercept – the key interception in the Rams game, you know, as they were driving, you know, J.J. didn't run a great route. And, you know – An and, and alligator had, body is what – uh, if he had better positioning, you know, if he ran a better he route, maybe, maybe the corner's not uh, there to make the play.
1: Barrett Brooks said it. He had an alligator body. I got to tell you, I got beef with Barrett Brooks, you know? He's, he's busting on my guy uh, uh, Jack Driscoll like, like he's a, a nobody. He lives on freaking 2nd Street in South Philly. He's just like a dude they threw out there. So I got drafted in the NFL. He can freaking play. Leave the dude alone. Don't cry when you say his name. I thought that was bullshit from him. I, I, was, I was literally – I turned off pregame life because of that. I thought that was absolutely asinine by him to do. And I wish uh, Jack Jeff Driscoll <laughs> got, him on, uh, got him on social media and called him out. I, I, I think that was absolutely wrong him to, for, for him to do that.
0: I don't know if you're with me on that. But. I, I didn't see the clip, but um... – Every
1: time they said his name, he was like, oh, Jack Driscoll. Dude. He was just rated the best D- offense alignment on the Eagles the week before. Just relax. Like, let the kid try to do something out there. And you know what? He, he, he said, Barrett Brooks, shove it straight up your giggy. And he went out there and he shut down uh, Aaron Donald every time he was over top of him. And he didn't allow a sack. Again.
0: Yeah, Bar- Barrett Brooks isn't necessarily, you know.
1: I, I the, told my father. And who I, was, who uh, I
0: really go to for uh Football expertise.
1: I said, you know what he's trying to do? He's trying to make himself into like a gimmick kind of a dude, so he gets an ESPN job.
0: He's a uh, he's a poor man, poor man's booger McFarlane. and that's That's saying something. That's bad.
1: But that's perfect. <laughs>
0: that's why uh, that's why breakfast on broad was a complete flop.
1: Should we try to get uh, on a couch in Delco uh, blocked by our first uh, on-air on media member and call him go. up next time he, he he throws something out there? It's like, shut up, you poor man's Booger McFarlane. Oh, we get blocked right away. I'm doing it. There
0: we go. <laughs> All
1: right, Tom. So I got the Eagles to win 21-20. You got the Eagles just to win. You don't give a crap how it happens.
0: Yeah, um, I'll, I'll go I'm, – I'm around the same. Maybe a field goal, 23-20. How about uh, – Okay. You know, uh, maybe a game – 63-yard field goal. field goal? 63-yard field goal that turns the season around.
1: Kind of like the the Giants game back in 2017. They were 1-1. and Right now they're 0-2. They were teetering on a loss, and they got this – Big, miraculous field goal, and then went on a Super
0: Bowl run. TJ scores a touchdown, pees on the goal post. It causes the unsportsmanlike penalty. Just a rehash mm-hmm. of everything that, that happened. Oh, my now.
1: God. That would be spectacular. Hey, I take it.
0: All right. Switching oh, gears man. a little bit. We are scoreboard watching. And, and what do we got so far? Because we're obviously watching the – uh marlins and braves tonight because as it stands right now
1: the phillies
0: find themselves a half game back of the marlins for second place in the east which would guarantee them the uh a spot in the playoffs this year so phillies have three games left uh and a half game back and mike you, you had a little uh sound of excitement there what do you got for us on the on the score
1: no, it's just the it's a nice tight game. It's it's like almost a playoff atmosphere. I I like games like that that are nothing nothing going and well mid middle innings. I think that's uh, that's pretty nice to see. Yeah, I, I like that the, kind of stuff.
0: Top of the fourth, nothing nothing. So as things Tabernet. as things uh change with that game, we'll we'll try and keep the post. But I guess by the time you're listening to this, this game is already uh are settled, settled and we're probably saying, uh, you know, sayonara maybe to the Phillies' uh, playoff chances. But, Mike, we got Phillies three games against the Rays. They have already clinched the AL East. And then you have the Marlins after this game. They're either going to be tied or the Marlins are going to be potentially one game up. They have three games against the Yankees, who have also clinched a playoff spot for uh, the postseason. What's your take on this last weekend of baseball?
1: Well, I got to tell you, this is, this is going to be butt-clenching central, especially tomorrow night. 6.40, you got Vinny Velo out there on the mound against Charlie Morton, a former Phillies prospect. If that makes anybody feel worse, it makes me feel worse every time I say it. But yep, he was a former Phillies prospect. I think they just let him go. I don't even think they traded him for anything. I think they just cut him because he wasn't doing uh, wasn't doing too well down there in the minors. But. Holy crap, that's going to be a, uh, a very interesting game tomorrow. I, I hope Bryce Harper comes out, he, he hits uh, two home runs and gets eight RBIs just because th- those would uh, fulfill my bets for, for, the, for his year because I bet the over on the uh, home runs 14.5 and the over on RBIs 37.5. So I hope tomorrow he hits two grand slams and we're all dancing in the streets and the Phillies are now a half game up on the Marlins because they lose tonight against the Braves. But it, it, it's going to be – have the Phillies confirmed that um, Wheeler and uh, Nola are going to start the last two games of the season?
0: I don't know if it's confirmed, but I think – I, that I is, know they
1: that, said they would.
0: That is likely going to be uh, who we're going to see this weekend because they'll need it.
1: I got to tell you, I mean, that that's going to really suck because once they go into a, a three-game series or whatever, that first-round first playoffs uh, – is going to be that that's going to be kind of tough because then then you're probably starting, um, God, who the hell you start and You'll and... probably go
0: Eflin on Wednesday. So it is looking like uh, according to the ESPN app, Wheeler will pitch on Saturday, Nola will be pitch on Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, and then if the playoffs start on Wednesday, you're likely starting Eflin for Game One, and then uh, maybe Wheeler or Nola depending upon who's ready uh, for Game Two. But the Phillies have won eight of. Eflin's last ten games. So yeah, they'd be maybe giving him uh,
1: run support. which They is certainly
0: nice. begin Eflin the the run support. So maybe all is uh, not lost. Uh, maybe you get a win with Eflin, and then uh, Wheeler comes out, pitches a nice game, and then because the first round is three game five game series, right? So you just need to win. Is it five
1: games? Yeah.
0: You just need to win three, right? So uh, you get you luck with Eflin, and then Wheeler and Nolan, and you're on to the second round. We'll see. So, Mike, if you had a handicap this weekend, what do you think happens?
1: Phillies win all three games but miss the playoffs.
0: Okay. So you're thinking that the, the Marlins also take their no. series against the no, – I think
1: the Marlins lose tonight. The Phillies win all three, and they get into the playoffs by a half a game.
0: Can't be a half game.
1: No, it'll be, a, it'll be a game, game and a half, right? No, full game. Full game. It'll
0: be a full game by the end, yep.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, I th- I think that's what happens. I think the Phillies do get in. The Marlins win tonight, lose the next three, and the Phillies win, win three.
0: So, Phillies are going to win three with the bullpen that they have right now, is what you're telling, you're us. telling
1: us. Complete game shutouts. That's all we can hope for.
0: <laughs> I love the confidence. I love the confidence. <laughs>
1: I, I got to tell you, these guys that they bring into the bullpen, I mean, I, I keep going back to Workman. I, is this the same – this can't be the same Workman from last year he gave up 29 hits in 77 innings or some some crazy stat like that. I mean, this guy, I, I think he's given up 77 hits in 29 innings this year. It's, it's unbelievable.
0: Relief pitchers are just so volatile. They are. Year after year that you almost yeah, you have, have to have sign – guys that had a higher ERAs the year before and, and hope for the best.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I'm going I'm going side of hugely optimistic. The Phillies pull out the, the three game sweep of the uh the, the kings of the AL East and they they're just kind of playing for whatever. They're not even really playing for seeding at all. So they're they're just out there going through the, the motions and and the Phillies get the three game sweep and on to the playoffs we go. And we will win the first-round the first series. Okay. In you four think, games.
0: All right. I'm, I'm loving the confidence here, Mike. I Lots guess, of runs uh,
1: scored, though.
0: Hos- Hoskins will not be back, I think, for this weekend, but could be back for the playoffs. So maybe, you know, maybe they are in a position where they could uh, put a Is lot King of Kingery
1: back yet? Is he alive? I mean, I know he's out there playing. He had a home run, so I'll give him that. Is his bat come to life yet? Is it not a limp noodle anymore? Just, what
0: did he do last? I don't know. Maybe I, I feel like
1: he strikes. Every time I watch him, I feel like he goes over 10.
0: So, well, he was he, in a 12-3 win against the Nationals yesterday. He went over for 5. So, Jesus, God. Um, man, maybe, it's, not, it's maybe not quite back yet.
1: No, maybe not. Maybe we're going to need that uh, – I always forget last year's first round pick's name, and it's easy. Oh man, what's his name? The kid from Las Vegas that Vegas. like
0: we covered this on this on this podcast before. Seriously,
1: why do I always forget his name? His name's something like Bryce, but it's not Bryce. Whatever his name is, hopefully he can play second base because I gotta tell you. I know we're going to talk about it. I hope they sign Didi to Gregorius, too, because that guy is a freaking hitting machine. All he does is, is, is smash the ball. I can't believe that the Yankees let him go. Every time I watch him, like, thank God we have Didi. Seems, seems to be the guy that, that comes in clutch a lot for, the, for this team. Are you still looking it up? It
0: is, it's
1: Bryson Stott. Bryson, Bryson Stott, that's it. We'll yeah,
0: have yeah. to write that down and, and post it somewhere as we yeah. do the pod.
1: I'll name the Zoom room Bryson Stott.
0: <laughs> there you go. But, Mike, I do want to have some big news from my standpoint, and I know you said we were going to touch upon it. Um, I, for the last couple of weeks, we've always concluded the episode, and I've said sign JT. Um, I have to, I'm going to take a step back from that position, uh, not because it has anything to do with JT. I still think he is the best catcher in baseball. I absolutely uh, Want him part of this lineup, and I am really just frustrated and disappointed that it hasn't happened sooner. And for that, I think Klentak needs to be the one that needs to be going, and not JT. But news came out uh, last week that the Phillies and and some other Major League Baseball teams as well are going to be looking at uh, at the end of the season uh, doing some organizational cuts, where you have people in the administration, obviously with no fans in attendance, uh, a lot of major league baseball teams are losing a lot of money. I think the article mentioned that the Phillies are losing like $145 million uh, this year. So they're going to be making some, some cuts to some of their, uh, their staff. I think the Phillies have about 500 non-baseball play, you know, employees. Uh, So they're going to be making uh, some significant cuts to those uh, to trim that 500 employees. So, tough for me personally to be cheering on signing you know a player to make millions of dollars when uh people are uh losing their job so absolutely want jt as part of this team i wish it would have been done sooner and i'm still somewhat happy and you know, i'll be happy if jt ends up signing back but it's not something i just don't feel right kind of Cheering for it right now, given that I know uh, for the Phillies organization overall, it's it's a pretty tough uh, tough situation.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm with you in some some respect to that. Um, I, I still want them to sign JT, regardless of, of their other issues. Um, and like I said, I want them to sign D.D. Gregorius. I, I want to be able to watch a baseball team that that, that is fighting for the playoffs and. Not seemingly semi rebuilding every year, um, i I understand with with the jobs being lost and people being being let go, not even furloughed just being uh, let go of their jobs that maybe they had for 25, 30 years that is very sad i i am I would never ever root for people to lose their jobs even though I secretly wish for Jim Schwartz to get fired every week, but that's a different, different thing. I think his contract is, is guaranteed. <laughs> yeah,
0: he, would, he would be paid regardless. So, <laughs> yeah, I,
1: so it doesn't matter with those positions. Same, same
0: with Klintak. Well, and that's the interesting thing. If you're, uh, you know, if, if you're talking about trying to reduce costs, do you fire somebody like Klintak with two years left on his agreement too? So that, that can almost be the,
1: that's, that's going to be tough.
0: That's almost going to be the, you know, the kind of the, the, the double dagger is not only are, you know, we're not uh, signing JT, we're, we're potentially, you know, a lot of people are in the Phillies organization are or losing their jobs. But then Matt Klintak, the one who uh, <laughs> fans have been clamoring for to lose his job, could actually end up being one that stays.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's really a tough situation. I, I mean, I, do, I don't mean to sound like
0: a like an asshole.
1: It, it's just I want to see a good team out there, and, and I have a reason for it. And maybe I'm just a paranoid Phil, Philly fan, um, Philly fan in general, not just the Philadelphia Phillies fans. But Bryce Harper came out yesterday and said he expects this team to win these three games, to make the playoffs not only make the playoffs, he wants to make the playoffs to market the Phillies teams to some of these bigger free agents out there. I know in his mind, JT's already staying um, because that's what Bryce wants. And, and I, I got to tell you, if, if JT doesn't come, the Phillies don't make the playoffs, the Phillies then tell Bryce Harper that, hey, we can't sign players because we're losing money because of the COVID thing. If I was Bryce Harper, I'm asking for a trade. Give me to the Yankees right away. Get, get me, get me to the LA Dodgers right now. Like I want out. Like if you guys can't field a, a, a team, you can't improve the team. We're going to have this same terrible bullpen. We're going to have Vinny Velo and Zach Eflin, even though I know he's the Phillies won eight, eight of their last nine starts um, with Zach Eflin on the mound. I I can't be a part of something I know is going to be a loser. And you know something? I won't fault Bryce for it one bit. That that's my that's my issue with it. That's why I still have to root for these guys to stay, and and the Phillies to make the playoffs. And I mean, I look, it might make me sound like a terrible player, a terrible uh, person that these people are going to lose their jobs, but I still want the Phillies to go out and spend hundreds of millions of dollars on players. But I do. I, no,
0: I, just, I I think we I, I all, all want play. a competitive team. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I just can't see the the saga we went through two years. Well, is it two years ago now? Or last 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 spring, I guess it is, right? Last spring, yeah. Yeah, I I can't. everything everything seems like we were talking. I was talking with a couple friends today. It's this everybody used to say BC and BC was is before Christ. Now now it's now it's before COVID. <laughs> Everything before COVID seems like it's thirty years ago. Yep. That's just how it feels. Um, but I, I can't see the Phillies going through that, getting getting the, the biggest fish out there. Um, I mean, we haven't heard a single thing from Manny Machado, um, and I'm glad the Phillies uh, went against Matt McClintock again and, and went after Bryce Harper instead of Manny Machado. Um, I, I can't see the Phillies doing that and letting. JT go letting DD go, and basically starting from the bottom again. I just can't see that happening,
0: especially knowing that you're now going to have to face Sixto Sanchez. Yeah, <laughs> the, now the uh, um, next later.
1: Pedro Martinez. <laughs> yes, that's a problem. That that's that's a big problem. And and Matt Clintax's asinine answer, saying, "Oh uh, well, we knew we were trading for a player that had uh, two years of control and this and that." Shut up, you little pencil-necked geek. I, 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 every time he talks, it makes my skin crawl because he has no baseball sense whatsoever. He's another one like Harry Roseman. I don't think Harry Roseman knows how to throw a football, even though I've seen him do it. I, I, I don't think he can evaluate talent at all. They're just good with the cap, good with numbers, this and that he needs to go be in an analytics team somewhere and not be a gm because he he just can't build a team. And,
0: is he a, is he a poor man's billy bean? We keep using that. Is he a poor man's billy bean?
1: He he no, he's not even a yeah, I guess very very poor person who never had money ever and at least billy bean can can figure out what a baseball player looks like since he was one. So I mean, I I can't see Met Clintock ever picking up a baseball in his life. Have you ever seen him throw one? No. Yeah. So man, I'm not, I'm so far out on on Klintak. I hope he gets fired, even though they have to pay him for the next two years. And I hope they sign JT to a ten-year, five hundred million dollar contract and DD to a three-year, um,
0: hundred million dollar contract. And here we go. Three years, hundred million for Didi.
1: Fucking so whatever the hell it takes. <laughs> <laughs> Three, three, and thirty-three million dollars a year. Whatever it takes to keep to keep D.D. Um, I, I don't even—not just for his hitting. I I think he's like a he's like another coach out there. He's like a he's our a leader. He's like Kutch. Like Kutch isn't that great anymore, right? Yeah. I mean, he he just he's not hitting that well. But you know what? People look up to Kutch and people listen to Kutch. And that's why he's still on this team. That's why he's still in the lineup every day because he leads by example. He goes out and he gives it his all in the outfield, gives it his all at, 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 every at bat, and that's what I like. But D.D. goes and does that and produces. So that's why D.D. needs to be here. And J.T. needs to be here because he's the best player in baseball behind behind Mike Trout. And, and that's my honest opinion. I think the Phillies have two of the top – well, maybe two of the top ten baseball players, maybe three of the top ten if Aaron Nola is on his, on his uh, horse, and, and that alone should should get the Phillies to a World Series with, with a general manager who knows what to do.
0: Who can put uh, a I, full team together.
1: Who can put a full team together, who's not afraid to make trades, who's not afraid to give out contracts, and that man is Ruben Amaro, Jr., like we said a month ago, and I hope he's the next manager or next GM of the Philadelphia Phillies.
0: Uh, I hope they go somewhere outside the organization. I, I you know, I, I've grown to They appreciate. did that. They did I that. The uh, I hope they do it again. Uh, I've grown to appreciate Rube o- over the years, but uh, I would look for a different uh, change of pace.
1: I want Ed Wade back. Well, he is back, but I want Ed Wade as the assistant G. Ed, too.
0: There you go. <laughs> All right. Anything else on the fills?
1: No. They're making so the playoffs. They're signing JT, and they're signing DD, and and everybody's going to be happy.
0: Big, big weekend up ahead uh, for the Phillies. So uh, definitely uh, tune in. At least, hey, at least with three games to go, they are in the playoff hunt. Um, that's a step in the right direction. And, and maybe if uh, Clint Tech actually did trades that improved the bullpen instead of actually making the bullpen era get worse. Uh,
1: and look at Pivetta, too. He's a freaking world beater up there in, in – in, uh, in Boston, what the hell is going on? This world sucks. I don't know. I
0: I, I just think for that, it needed a change of scenery uh, at that point. Yeah, know. but you know
1: what? He had those. He had those type of
0: games in his Philly uniform. Yeah, absolutely. So it just happens. So, fantasy time. Fantasy time. All right. It's, it's not uh It's not our. At least my favorite topic. Uh,
1: yeah, not so far during the first two weeks for you, Tom? Is it?
0: Now, so I'll I'll start with with my team. Uh, so far for uh, I'm zero and two uh, on the season. Not only my zero and two, but I'm also the lowest scoring team uh, so far in the league. So it hasn't been a great start, and I think that's been propelled by uh, some pretty big injuries. So going into week two, I lost George Kittle. He was my second round pick. Uh, so he had to move him to the IR. He missed uh, week two after about f- three rushes, four rushes and 28 yards. Uh, Saquon Barkley, my second, o- my, my first round pick second overall goes down with a torn ACL. He's out for the season. So I was already thin at running back to begin with. And uh, so obviously my, my bell Cal there uh, lost for the season. Also, As we're uh, taping this podcast, it's Thursday Night Football, and DJ Chark, my wide receiver number two, is also out. So I am just being decimated uh, by injuries on my way to a very, very uh, tough start to this fantasy season. So it's probably probably time to start trying to make some moves in this league. Mike, how are you doing? uh the
1: complete opposite <laughs> i have i'm 2-0 and I, I have the most points scored in our league so far um but that'll probably uh that's gonna take a little bit of a hit because the injury bug has also hit um christianmingle.com and and that's uh The the namesake of the franchise, Christian McCaffrey goes down with a high ankle sprain. Um, Four to six weeks is his diagnosis, so I will be getting him back at some point. Um, So he is stashed on my IR. But my problem is the same problem I have every redraft league. I I seem to go heavy wide receiver and just absolutely forget about the the, uh, running back position. So... Um, I got lucky um, with the Jonathan Taylor um, and Marlon Mack situation. With Marlon Mack going down with a gruesome injury um, week one, um, so now Jonathan Taylor is my bell cow back, which is nice. But then my uh, my RB two this week, uh, who who should be RB one for the uh, for the Giants, but that's not saying too much. Um, and that's Dion Lewis. I got to start Dion Lewis as my RB two this week. Which is uh, which is not good in my eyes, not not good at all. Even though right now I'm favored to win, 51% to 49% for my opponent. Um, my opponent has absolutely been uh, decimated by injuries too. With Philip Lindsay going down, um, uh, who else? Debo Samuel going down. His namesake is his name is Sutton. Gotta give. His namesake has gone down IR, done for the year, and Cortland Sutton. He has just dropped him off of the roster. Um, again, another move that that helps me, uh, unless uh, uh, Jerry Judy can't play this week um, because he is not questionable. But as of right now, I mean, I, I'm being carried by Russell Wilson, Metcalf, and, and Jonathan Taylor. The rest of my team looks all right this week. Uh, I got, like I said, Wilson, Matt Katz-Taylor, Chris Godwin coming back from injury. Um, I, have, uh, I have Kenny Galladay also coming back from injury um, this week to play his first game. So I have my actual um, wide receiver one that I took um, to, to play. Um, and then I got Zach Ertz, like we said. We we think he's going to have a decent game against the Bengals this week, but we shall see. Um, and then Jerry Judy has my flex with uh, – I don't know if I'm sticking with the uh, Pittsburgh defense this week against Houston. Um, I, I, I just don't know yet. Um, I haven't really seen what's out there on our uh, defense waiver wire. Um, maybe I pick up the Eagles and, and see what happens with that. Um, but as of right now, that's what I'm going with. Um, I do have a couple waiver wire claims out there that, that I won't uh, allude Tom to who I'm trying to go out and pick uh, pick up. But actually, whatever, I'm just going after a, a tight end out there that's out on the wa- waiver wire for us. It uh, doesn't really matter if I get them or not. I just thought it was a decent pickup, and if I get them, I get them. I don't, I don't. Um, and it looks like we got a couple trades out there too. Um, so I have a trade going right now um, for Kareem Hunt. Uh, the owner seems to be interested in it, but we shall see. People change their minds often in uh, in fantasy football, but uh, I know Tom. I know you had a uh, a great trade but I, I literally could not wait. I think we had to wait all week to talk about this one. So yeah. So Tom. of
0: course, uh, last week I I brought forth a a trade that you know we we decided on live on air uh this week uh right before the game started i got a trade offer uh to trade saquon barkley now this is before the game started uh so i'd be giving up saquon barkley and i'd be getting back the cleveland browns defense it was a straight up one for one trade saquon barkley i'm giving up for the cleveland browns defense now I purposely did not reject this trade outright within a few seconds because I was kind of hoping that it stayed outstanding until this podcast so I can reject it live on the podcast. Because let's be real, folks, who is trading Saquon Barkley for the Cleveland Browns defense? I think when he proposed it was right after the uh, Thursday night game, after uh, the Browns defense had, you know, basically given up you know quite a few points to the cincinnati Bengals. so uh didn't happen but the uh the player was you know the 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 team owner was sure to make sure that as soon as um saquon barkley got hurt that he withdrew the trade just so he was sure that i wasn't going to click except on taking on the cleveland browns defense uh, for a Saquon Barkley. So, Mike, if you're in my shoes and you're sitting on Saquon Barkley, and it's Saturday, it's Saturday before week two, and you're evaluating the trade of Saquon Barkley, and you'd be getting back that vaunted steel curtain, maybe, of a defense in the Cleveland Browns, what do you do?
1: I hit reject as quickly as I can. Maybe uh, I'm pretty quick on the trigger with trades like that. Uh, I would have hit reject. I don't even think I would have let it sit there. I, I I don't know. I don't know the guy personally. At least I don't think I do. I don't remember that owner, uh, that owner's name. But I, I, what the hell are you thinking? Like what what is what is the point of that? Like that that's that's asinine. Like one time I had a guy accidentally offer me no players for two players. That's just because his finger slipped and hit the the send button, which I don't even know why a site would be able to send no players for two player trades. Um, that was a, an honest mistake. And I was like, dude, what, what was up with that? He was like, Oh, I was supposed to put these two players in there. I, my, my bad. Um, and that's fine. That's the only thing I can think. Maybe he was trying to hit his flex player <laughs> and hit his defense instead, maybe. And just, uh, just didn't notice it. And maybe was, uh, was trying to offer you a decent trade, but that's all I got on that one. That's really all I can think of. Um, I'll just give him the benefit of the doubt and say he didn't mean to do it, but deep down I think we all know he meant to do
0: it. And and listen, I am am a proponent. I'm not one that will get outraged (laughs) that much at at ridiculous trades, right? I get it how it operates. You want to kind of – feel the market so you might throw out something that's not quite value right and then i think you do
1: that to get the get people talking
0: i am one to get i try to get discussion going right i think one of my key things that annoy me too is anytime you propose a trade to somebody and they reject it just flat out reject if you're going to reject it tell me why if you're if you're not interested in trading that player then you move on. If you're like, oh, I just don't see the value in this trade, all right, then i got to come up with a little more. Do I want to do a little bit more, or do I want to see what else is out there? I think it should start dialogue um, with conversations. But that being said, come on. Saquon Barkley for the Cleveland Browns defense, come on, man. that's.
1: I, I don't even think I would do Deion Lewis for the Cleveland Browns defense. I don't even think I've ever seen a defense get traded before. Uh, it, it's just that's just something that you just pick someone up like even even when the, um, the Eagles defense was really good a few years ago and that was the number 1 uh number 1 fantasy uh defense the Patriots always have a good defense the Steelers always have a decent defense never see those those defenses get traded like that's what the hell does that you just keep the defense and pick somebody else up um that yeah that 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 trade was was absolutely crazy um I was trying to uh, to think of something nice to say, but but I really didn't. So I just think the guy was an asshole and and had no idea. Just trying to throw banter out there, maybe I don't know, but it was it was terrible banter, and he should be barred from the league for for life.
0: Wow! All right, I don't know if I go that far. I have another one that out there that's a little bit closer. Uh, should I go live on air? Yeah, you can. Well, let's see let's is this a up.
1: brand new trade today
0: uh this was one that was presented yeah today
1: Hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on don't don't tell us yet ladies and gentlemen can 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 we is is the breaking news thing no no no. Dude, that was terrible! Breaking news from from the uh, sports center desk. What kind of breaking news sounder is that? Oh my God, I'm embarrassed. I made you wait. Now keep going.
0: Right. <laughs> anyway, so this one, I would be giving up uh, a Rob Allen Robinson uh, in exchange, getting Emmanuel Sanders and DeAndre Swift.
1: Oh, that sounds like a, a, a trade from none other than Joe Yana because he offered me the same thing. Um, for Kenny Galladay.
0: There you go. So <laughs> I, I declined it. Haven't flat out rejected it yet, but um, you know, I'm giving it some thought. I'm giving it a little bit of a thought there. I do need to upgrade running back. I'm hoping I can do something yeah. better than uh Swift. Um, I think you can too. So we'll see. But yeah, throwing it think- out there, if you want to, if you want to kind of withdraw that one and throw a little bit more meat on the bone there, I'd be uh, I'd be interested. So.
1: All if right. it wasn't 10:30 at night, I'd call him up and get him live on the pod to to <laughs> talk about that trade. Uh, that 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 is it's not a bad. I'm not saying it's a bad trade. I don't think the trade to me was that bad either. I just don't like Emmanuel Sanders after Michael Thomas comes back. Yeah.
0: Um, in, and, in a week and, or two, and, and it didn't involve a defense, so we're good.
1: And it didn't involve a defense, so we went up a lot of levels. We are now okay with with that trade, but I I don't mind it at all. I like I like uh, I like Swift. Um. Right now, it seems to, that, that that Lions backfield's very jumbled, and, that, and that's the only thing. Right now, I'm looking for players who are going to help me this week. I am trying to go three and zero. Teams that go three and zero generally make the playoffs. Generally, don't um, don't uh, don't drop off. But if I can get decent production from that running back position, which is what I'm looking for this week. Um, I will be happy, but I think Kenny Galladay comes back and absolutely likes the world on fire. So um, if that happens and, and Chris Godwin starts to score, but I already got DK Metcalf, I, I don't see the, the need of trading Galladay for for a couple weeks of Swift. That, 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 was, that was my take on the trade that he sent me. But I did ask him, I, I mean, I did ask him, what would you want for Swift? um so i mean i i did ask him to to send me over
0: something he did and i just didn't like it that much so keep the uh keep the keep the iron keep the phones moving right yeah
1: well that's 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 what we had to do i mean there's there's not it trades like i sent le- uh, last week for Zach Ertz aren't always going to get accepted right away um but uh sometimes they do so maybe, maybe that trade i have out there for kareem hunt gets uh gets through and we'll see what happens
0: Alright, well that's our uh, fantasy update for this week. We'll of course keep you uh in tune. Hopefully I can uh I can get off the get off the snide here and, and pick up a, a victory. I got Miles Gaskin going tonight. He's uh he's looked fairly decent. He's the best production I've had out of the running back position all season.
1: Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at that, but that's terrible. <laughs> it's just how that's just how the luck rolls though it, 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 especially this year i feel like this year it's been completely different than any other year with the injuries on both sides of the ball it's just been absolutely it's been horrific it's really been horrific for for some owners out there um with the injuries but, i mean you, you just seem to be hit with it um, maybe one of the worst in, in in the leagues
0: well here you go i i saw a uh, i saw something online on twitter okay. And it says, "Imagine having this roster." So here is this team's starting roster: quarterback Drew Locke. Oh God. Running backs Saquon Barkley and Raheem Mostert. Oh Jesus. Wide receivers are Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay. Mm -hmm. Tight end Zach Ertz. It's probably the the only offense you're getting. Uh, Flex all day you'll get this week. Paris Campbell. Oh God. And then Bills defense and and. Uh, Myers, the kicker out of Seattle, but uh, quarterback, two running backs, both wide receivers have absolutely zero production so far. Yep,
1: yep. He'll, he'll get some. Uh, he'll get some nice trade offers this week with Kenny Galladay because I'm sure he's last in this league. Um, so he'll get some good trade offers for Galladay. Maybe, maybe turn his season around in in the, in the week three, week four um, off week and see see what happens. Which one are we going with, Tom? You
0: want to anyway. do the bets, and then we'll, we'll wrap up with beers? Yeah, we could do that.
1: All right, here we go. Look, I got this sounder ready. ESPN got to work on their sounders. I, I don't think I've ever heard anything like that. But guys, as always, we have for you the bets of the week. Um, last week, I did a, a, a live uh, – a live segment of the pod almost. I I didn't upload it as a pod, but I did a Twitch uh, stream with, uh, with one of the, uh, one of my cousins, um, Eric, and it it seemed to seemed to go pretty well. Um, And and I think I'll do that again this week. Uh, Maybe Tom will jump on if, if he's, if he's so inclined on a, on a Saturday, Sunday morning at 11 a.m. But it was a, a pretty good one. I did okay on those bets last week. Um, uh, hold on. FanDuel's making me sign in again. All right. So last week's bets were okay, I guess. I I won uh, four out of six of them. I, I I won the Broncos at Steelers. I did the over forty and a half points. Um, I had Falcons Cowboys over fifty three and a half points. Uh, I lost with the uh, Bills and the Dolphins. I took the Bills uh, minus five and a half. I thought that was a pretty safe bet. Um, should have went money line on it, but you take your losses. And I also went with the Panthers plus seven and a half against the, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And man, can I talk about a way to lose a bet? And frigging Leonard Fournette just, just took a, a play. He could have laid down a, a, right before the goal line, but son of a gun took it right in the end zone and blew that seven and a half spread right out of the water. So I lost that one. Um, I also won the uh, Kansas City Chiefs money line. That was looking kind of iffy. I lost a lot of money on that. That was uh, one of the cool FanDuel punts. Um, to the, the the What was eight and a half? I think they were going to cover eight and a half. I thought that was an easy one, especially when I seen Justin Herbert was uh, starting. After another freak injury, how about your team doctor puncturing your starting quarterback's lungs with a cortisone shot or a pain shot to the ribs? Can you imagine um, that. What the and, hell and,
0: kind of injury that is that? And that is just Tyrod Taylor's luck. I, I Oh my God. I was a buddy and I were talking to me said, you know what, if there's really how you want to do it right in terms of getting a quarterback, is you draft a quarterback in the first round and then you sign Tyrod Taylor to be your starter that season. Because Tyrod Taylor is known just as have a fluke injury that puts him out to then have your rookie Quarterback come in and do well, so that's that is kind of the strategy that you need to have moving forward as you're an NFL GM.
1: Yes, and then then my last bet that I put out there was DK Metcalf as an anytime touchdown scorer. I put that out there for fantasy purposes, um, and that came into uh, into fruition. I did hit all of my prem ga- prem games last week um, that I said on the uh, on the pod. Uh, if you went and bet the uh, the Everton. Uh, Everton to win, Leeds to win, and City to win. Um, You would have cashed all of those. Uh, We're not going to talk about the Eagles bets we had last week. So Tom, how'd you do last week?
0: So last week, outside of the Eagles bets, I went three and two, which you know what, in NFL bets, if you can go three and two, 60%, I would take that every week, uh, to be honest with you. So that Thursday night game, that was uh, Cincinnati. I had them getting seven. They came through with a backdoor cover uh, at the uh, at the end of the game. So that was a good way to start uh, NFL betting. Uh, so I had one backdoor, and I had two bad beats that I'll talk about too. I had Detroit Green Bay over 49-and-a-half. That was also cashed uh, last week. And Arizona, I told you that Redskins team was not as good as they looked in that second half against the Eagles. Arizona minus seven. That was a win. Pittsburgh, minus seven. Uh they were just about to uh they were up double digits most of the game. Uh they were about to go in for a score and they just ran out the, the clock and didn't kick the field goal. So they ended up uh that was a loss for me. And then that Buffalo, Miami game, if you recall last week, I got that line at minus three and a half, and I was proud of it. And I said, hey it gets to six and a half maybe bet Buffalo um, maybe bet Miami in that game hopefully some of you I didn't see uh six and a half or seven out there so hopefully uh maybe some of you did and you were able to bet that you were to want I lost because Miami went down scored a touchdown and converted a two-point conversion to bring that game to three points when I had three and a half talk about a bad beat but Overall, a good week for uh, me. Like I said, in the NFL, if you can win 60%, you know, with everything at a straight big, minus 110, you're rocking and rolling and you're making some money.
1: Yeah, it was, like I said, it was a good week for me. Um, Two crazy, crazy beats. I I, I mean, I really thought, I bet the full 50 bucks on that, on that Kansas City Chiefs uh, Chargers game with the eight and a half to, I would have won, it was plus one hundred and fifty, so I would have won seventy-five. So total payout one hundred and twenty-five. Um, I thought that was an easy bet. I, I just I couldn't see anything other than a Chiefs blowout, and here Justin Herbert came in and did pretty decent against the defending uh, Super Bowl champs. I was almost about to say World Series champs, but that's that's the wrong Mahomes. <laughs> so that's that but yeah it was a it was a good week for me overall I still came out on top even with that $50 bet um thanks to that DK Metcalf touchdown um so it was a pretty decent week for me but we got a lot of bets for you this week guys um I'll do three right off the top I'm taking the Phillies uh money line in all three of these games starting tomorrow um like i said so i'm going all in on them I'm, i'm really hoping they make the playoffs so i'm going to put my money where my mouth is um and and go with the phillies um to absolutely um shock the world almost and win three games in a row and get into the playoffs so that's that's my first three bets um You already heard my Eagles bets. I'm going to take um, Zach Gertz and Goddard, like Tom is, with the overs for both of their uh, yardages. And then I'm going to take whatever John Hightower, um, whatever his number. If it's lower, like around 30, I'm going to take the over for that as well. Um, Now on to the Prem this week. Uh, Lots of games in the Prem this week, so I'm going to go a pretty decent decent amount of bets on the Prem. I got four of them for you today. First, I got Man United to bounce back and beat Brighton. They took a bad beat last week to uh, Crystal Palace, so I think they come back and get the win. Uh, No, no, I don't. I said uh, both teams to score. I'm looking at the uh, Chelsea money first. I said both teams to score in Brighton Man United. Um, That is the uh, the favorite, so I think both teams will score there. Hopefully United lose again because I got my bet wrong. Um, But the next bet, I got Chelsea uh, to beat West Brom. Next bet, I'm going to do this in almost every one of the Leeds games this year until they prove me otherwise. I'm taking over two-and-a-half goals because um, that's a plus 104. Gives you nice uh, nice um, uh, value right there. I, I see this as another probably 5 or 6 goal game with Leeds, maybe a 4-2 win for Leeds or, or a, a 3-2 win for Leeds, something like that. But it's definitely going to be over two-and-a-half total goals in the game. Um, so I'm going with that. Next game, I got City versus Leicester. I got City in this game. I got City big in this game. I think City themselves score over five goals. Um, and then that—that's kind of kind of where I go with City every week. Uh, and then the last game, and I have no friggin' idea why I'm betting this team. I do it every week, um, and every week they seem to mess up my parlay because I do all of these bets individually and in a $5 parlay, but I'm putting them in again, and that is none other than come on you Spurs for Tom. I got Spurs to beat Newcastle. They're minus 240, which every time I bet them when they're in the 240 range, they seem to draw, so don't listen to me on that one So, to to recap, I got the Phillies, all the Phillies ones. My Eagles bets over for both of the tight ends, over for John Hightower if it's close to 30 yards. Uh, And then I got Brighton United, both teams to score. Chelsea to win, Sheffield United, and Leeds United, uh, over two and a half goals, City to win, and Tottenham, Hot Spurs to win.
0: Just Hot Spur.
1: They're the Hot Spurs.
0: Hot Spur. Anyway, all right. I got three NFL picks uh, for this week. So, my first one, I'm going to do a two team teaser parlay just to spice things up a little bit. So, both the LA Rams and the Minnesota Vikings are plus two and a half. I'm going to tease them both up six points to plus eight and a half. It's getting you probably around minus 130 uh, on that bet. But uh, anytime you can take a team that's you know, an underdog by less than three and, and and tease them up to get more than a touchdown. You try to pair them together to get your odds. So Rams and Vikings taking both of them from plus two and a half up to plus eight and a half uh, as my first uh, pick there. Then I got the Panthers getting six and a half points against that LA Chargers team. Uh, I don't understand why this is six and a half. I don't think the Chargers are a very good team. They always seem somehow or the other to end up winning or losing by a field goal. Uh, and Anthony Lynn, I don't think is a great head coach. Uh, and I think maybe Panthers are didn't get a great start to the team. And I think maybe they are uh, maybe pricing in the fact that Christian McCaffrey is out of this game. But six and a half points is a lot against that Chargers team. So I like Carolina plus six and a half. And then what I think is going to be one of the upsets this week in the NFL is uh, I'm taking the Giants. Uh, They're getting four points. I will take the points because, hey, it it can end up being a field goal game. But San Francisco has to travel east. We talked about it last week. Didn't really do great for the Eagles. But San Francisco is traveling east, playing a 1 o'clock game against the Giants. The San Francisco 49ers are very banged up. Jimmy G is probably not going to play. We'll see about Kittle. Uh, Bosa's out. Their running backs are banged up. Giants aren't a great team, but I think this is just not a great situation for the Niners. So I'm liking the Giants, and I I got them plus four. So this way, if it is a field goal win for the – even if the Niners are able to eke one out, hopefully I'm taking the four points and I'm able to uh, get a win on that bet. So to recap, Giants plus four. Uh, The Panthers getting six and a half points against the Chargers. And then I got that two-team teaser parlay. I'm taking uh, the Rams and the Vikings that are both uh, getting two and a half points. I'm going to tease them up to get eight and a half points, uh, put them together in a two-team parlay. And uh, those are my picks for the week.
1: I like it, Tom. As you were going on, I was uh, um, watching on the ESPN app. Tough situation right now. Got a man on first and second for the Marlins. One out. One out. Ian Anderson uh, struck out Matt Joyce, and now we have Miguel Rojas um, up to bat right now. Got him got him at one strike right now, um, up high, where Miguel Ho- Rojas seems to struggle. Struggle? Struggle? Um, now it's 0-2, Tom. Now we're looking better. Um, but, yeah, I like our bets this week. Um, hopefully we uh, make you guys some money if you start listening to us. Um, if you do, let us know. Let us know on social media. Uh, let us know in the comments. Let us know you, even if you took one of our bets and, and made some money on it. Uh, let us know we're doing something for you. Um, that, that way we can we can feel good about ourselves. <laughs> there
0: you go. Hopefully we're making some money. And I, I do, usually do five. I try to do around three to five games for NFL. If any other games, if I start to think about it more over the weekend, I'll also get them out on uh, social media as well if I like so, it. My
1: NFL bet struck him out looking, two outs now, top of the six. Ian Anderson coming up the uh, clutch. We got two outs now, man, on first and second. So, Ian Anderson looking like he's going to get himself out of, a, uh, out of a jam there. But my NFL picks, I am going to save them for Sundays on Twitch. Um, so, if you want to come over and find me on Twitch, it's MikeSham79 um, on Twitch. I will be streaming 11 o'clock. Um, on Sunday, I'll, I'll go through every game, uh, and give you at my take on it. Um, like I said, I'll have Eric with me, uh, again, and hopefully Tom, if he wants to come over and, uh, we'll give you some more bets on that. Um, uh, but I'll, I'll get that out as a tweet. Um, so I'll tweet it and then retweet it on our, uh, on our, on a couch in Delco at on Delco. Um, I will definitely, uh, get that out there. 0 and 2 right now. or 2 and 0 right now, Tom. Umpire squeezing them. Two uh two curve balls that look like they're strikes on the ESPN app called balls. What are you going to do? But yep, that's that's what I'll do for for NFL. I'll save that for for Twitch except the uh except the Eagles ones. So here we go. Are we ready to to go to our favorite segment of the week?
0: Oh, I am ready.
1: All right. I'm I'm trying out another new song this week, Tom, so so here we go. The
0: wine, the beer, the
1: whiskey, yeah, I is such a banger song. Oh, what do we do? The ball is in play. Miami Marlins score one. They're coming around third base. And the app has stopped. So the Marlins have taken the one nothing lead uh, in the top of the sixth inning against the Atlanta Braves. Um, looks like uh, the guy was held up at third. And now we've got a hot batter coming up and birdie. Um, he is two and two for two in this game is John Birdie, um, for the fish. So, uh, Ian Anderson, got to keep the, uh, keep the damage, uh, damage control right now, only giving up one and give those Braves bats, uh, some chances coming up in the bottom of the sixth. So Tom, now onto our, uh, onto our beer segment. I know you have a, a an absolutely banger of a beer. I, I don't know what it is, but I have an idea. Um, so I'll go with Mayan first. Uh, Mayan's from Springhouse, uh, Brewing Company. Um, where are they from? They are from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I did not even know that, Tom. Um, so they, uh, they are Brains. Um, so Brains, B-R-A-A-A-I-I-N-S is a uh, pumpkin ale. Pretty decent, um. Uh, brewed with cinnamon cinnamon and cinnamon cinnamon cinnamon, 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 cinnamon. cinnamon. <laughs> cinnamon and not <laughs> What are you gonna do, Tom? You can't even friggin' talk after you drink one uh one brains at ten fifty a night. <laughs> what a shithead, but hey that's that's where we're at. Um oh no two-run double by John Birdie as I'm trying to say and the Marlins take a three-nothing lead on the uh, two-run double by John Birdie and I'm going to stop watching that game on the app. And just take a big
0: swig of brains.
1: It's really good though. I I, I like it. It's cool. Uh, Cool can. You got the zombie on the front with the with the uh, pumpkin, okay. the, the jack-o'-lantern and you can see the they, they kind of had that that brains look on the, uh, very good. Eight and a half percent. Um, it seems like all pumpkin owls are in that eight and a half, nine and a half, ten 10% range. Um, but very good. It it, it almost has, it's weird because it has almost a little bit of a funk, uh, a funk to it that, that I, I kind of get with the, the look of that ugly, ugly zombie on there, but I like this one. So it's a pretty decent beer. I enjoy it. I'll probably give it like a 3.75 on, on untapped.
0: Excellent. Are you ready, Mike? I think so. All right. So you, you said you may have a guest. You... I'm,
1: leaving, I'm leaving my, my mic on. My guest is either um, one of the Juliuses um, or it's something from Treehouse, something like that.
0: Man, you are spot on. So, yeah, I am pretty pumped that uh, yesterday I uh, took a journey up to Treehouse, and I right now I am ceremoniously pouring this beer uh, on the Zoom. For I'm watching with intent. As yeah, So, great guess. I, I guess because I, I, maybe I gave it away because the, the way I was so uh, giddy, talking to you about what an awesome beer i had for the podcast episode but yes right now i am drinking a treehouse uh julius uh got to take the trip yesterday with a buddy went up and bought a shit ton of beer so i definitely have (laughs) some uh for you to enjoy on the couch in delco as well mike but
1: how is it is this the first sip
0: i had one yesterday um, all right, all right. So I want to know how you, because I really tried to keep this from you. I, I didn't like. I checked. I had a couple beers yesterday, and I uh I didn't even check them into Untapped because I was I was really trying to keep. I it didn't yet. look.
1: I didn't look in on. I I, I keep forgetting. I, I probably have three hundred beers that I keep forgetting to put on to Untapped just in this COVID period alone. Because I feel like I've been <laughs> I, I've been trying a lot of beers, but I I don't know. I just kind of had a feeling that that either you went up. Or I, I, re- I remember you saying something like when you're one of the, the guys, the bosses at your job, it goes up every once in a while or somebody, you know, goes up every once in a while. Um, and they were supposed to pick it up. I just kind of had that feeling it was going to be one of the Julius's or, or or something from Treehouse. So that, that's uh, that was a good guess by me. And I and swear I had I had no idea. I didn't. I didn't text Krista. I I, I didn't do nothing. Nothing happened. I didn't text anybody that 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 would have known that you went up there. So. That was that was a complete guess
0: by me. As an excellent guess, as this is an excellent beer, Uh, I had one yesterday. As I was, like I you said, had I, a, I had a fresh one yesterday. I was as I was packing away the beer fridge at home. I cracked one. They are. It is everything that it is hyped up to be. I've had a couple so far. I got twenty seven different varieties uh, from Treehouse. They're doing a, a bunch of variety packs right now. So. uh, Bought a bunch of beer. The beer fridge is definitely uh, packed out right now. I had their summer so far. I've tried their autumn. Fantastic beers uh, all around. So yeah, this one is is a true one. I four point five five ish on the uh, on the untapped. Definitely, I think it's overall it's ranked like a four and a half uh, as a lot of Treehouse Brew uh, beers are. I think Man. as
1: IPA goes, I think it's. I think it's three of the top ten IPAs in the world are the Juliuses.
0: Massive complex. Uh, I am actually surprised that they don't uh, distribute given the size of the place. Um,
1: I think that's why they
0: don't. I I just they don't need to. Um, yeah, they don't need they don't need to for sure. So we were up there yesterday. Obviously, uh if you're in the beer, you're familiar with Treehouse. I mean, there are a lot of times, you know, they'll have a 3-4 hour line. Uh it's very hard to get some of their releases. I think with the COVID era, they're doing strictly uh pick up. So, made the trek, uh bought a bunch of beer. It was actually pretty easy, pretty straightforward. You kind of pull up, you have your order number, they bring out a hand truck with your beer, you throw it in, and you're back. Uh, on your way, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a long ride in order to not be able to even go into the uh, brewery, but uh, it's also one of your you know surest chances of actually getting your hands on on some treehouse beer. So, Mike, I definitely have some in the fridge for you, but right now I am enjoying a uh, sweet Julius from Treehouse.
1: I'm trying I'm trying to find them because I know there's like five different juliuses right? There's like Julius with like three S's, Julius with like a couple U's, there's like a King. I'm trying I, I can't remember where I found this list, but every list I seem to uh, I seem to click on starts at the bottom. And that is that is the most annoying thing I've ever seen. All right, now now I'm now I'm down to where I should be. I still haven't I still haven't seen them yet. Um, I'll have to find that list for for a different show because I can't find it off the top of my head. But I'm pretty sure the one the one uh, list I saw it was three versions of the Juliuses within the top ten of IPAs for it was either it might have been for like 2019 or just of all time. So I knew they were good beers, and I'm glad you got out there to uh, to finally finally get it.
0: There you go, for sure. All right, and
1: I can't hey. find that list, but
0: whatever <laughs> anything else we want to cover or are we just going to let me sit back and enjoy this uh this julius well,
1: joel and had a baby and i had no idea his girlfriend or wife or whatever she is w- was expecting so that was nice named them arthur or something 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 and oh, so not joel jr no, not 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 Joel Jr. Um, but uh, it, it's one of the uh, eleven kids that Joel wants to have. He he wants to field his, his own soccer team, his own football team. Um, so we shall uh, we shall see if uh, if his girlfriend I don't even know what it is. if his girlfriend wife uh, I, I have no idea um, grants that wish. But I can't see why not. She don't have to do anything for the rest of her her, her life, right? So just uh just field the soccer team. I mean, she's he, he's worth a few hundred million dollars. So why the hell not? But no, I'm just joking. She she that that is that is all her choice. She she's the well we've seen it. What was it last year or the year before? She definitely wears the pants in the re- relationship. He was crying on her shoulder instead of the other way around. So <laughs> good for her. She is, she is definitely the boss in that that household.
0: Yeah, well, all the best to uh Jaw and his uh, believe it's girlfriend. I don't think I don't think they're married. Uh, but all the I best. gotta find
1: this kid's name because I thought it was
0: a very really weird name. Uh, all the best on uh their new child.
1: I found it. His name is Arthur Elijah DePaula Embiid. So I'm guessing the girl's last name is DePaula, and he just didn't hyphenate it. So Arthur Elijah DePaula Embiid. We are so blessed and fortunate to welcome our little boy in this family. First of eleven or more. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> I'll pray for her. <laughs> well, he needs to have bench depth, right? It, you know. I guess, yeah. He's gonna he's gonna need eighteen if he
1: wants to field a, a true full team, so
0: He needs to have those uh minute sixty five substitutions, so
1: yeah, that's, that's going to be a, uh, an interesting call in that, in that household. But I, I, I'm sure they'll have more children, but
0: maybe not 18 or 11 like he wants. There so. you go. Good to see Joel Be finally spending some time in the post. Jesus, God. All right. That's it for this week's episode of On a Couch in Delco. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, definitely check us out on social media. Uh, on Facebook page on a couch in Delco on Twitter uh, at on Delco. And then Mike, you said you're doing Twitch. What's your handle for Twitch again?
1: Mike Shem 79. You can find it. I, I'll tweet it out from our, from our, uh, our on Delco as well. And I'll put it on our Facebook page, but yeah, Mike Shem 79.
0: There you go. And definitely whenever you're listening to your podcast, Apple podcast, anchor, Stitcher, you know, Thanks for listening. Definitely, uh, if you could, give us that five-star review. Uh, Give us a review. Let us know how you're doing, what you like, what you don't like. Uh, And then, yeah, as Mike mentioned, let us know if you're making some money with our picks. Hopefully you are. But uh, that wraps up this week. We'll be back, hopefully – well, we'll be back. We'll definitely be back next week, but hopefully talking an Eagles win and a Phillies in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and hopefully by that time they'll be up a game or or going – up to games um, on, uh, on next Thursday.
0: There you go. So as always, thank you for listening, and we will check you out next week. And as always,
1: Go Birds!